It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Focus analyzes every play of every game to deliver in-depth grades on college football, the NFL, and more. PFF on the Bill Riley Show starts now. It does indeed. Every Tuesday, Seth Galena swings by to talk about the great game of football, sometimes a little college, sometimes a little pro. We may mix both those things in today. 86 days until kickoff for college football, 93 days until kickoff for pro football as we round into summertime here in Salt Lake City. Seth joins us from Montreal, where, I don't know, settling into the summer up there as well, and probably counting down the days until we get a little bit of uh, until we get a little bit of football there too. How are you? Only three days away from Canadian football. This Thursday, or two days away, Thursday night. Who's favored? Who's favored this year? Who's expected oh, that, to be, that, who's expected to be the Kansas that, City Chiefs? That's already uh, over my pay grade. I just know the date. I don't know who's good. I don't know much. With that said, PFF has partnered with the CFL <laughs> this season. So no way. Ser- your, seriously, you guys have gone your, into yeah, into the CFL to, too. Go to PFF.com. You can see our our ranking for the top ten quarterbacks. You can see our preseason All Star teams. We're we're with the CFL now. Wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, where's where's it as that under more football? What's that under? There's AAF, there's XFL. Is it under other professional sports leagues? I mean, where where are we at might here? Might be. I, I I saw it earlier today, so it's definitely there. I don't think it's so, got. Yeah, it I don't think it's got a drop down yet. I don't think they've put it on the drop down yet. So I'm going to have to scan yeah. around to find this thing. But yeah, it's there. If you want to learn about uh, Bo Levi Mitchell and uh, Zach Caleros, it's college football legend Zach Caleros. And uh, all these other talented players plying their trade north of your border. So, so wait a minute. And, uh, go to PFF.com. You're, you're a football analyst for PFF. You live in Canada, yet you don't even know who's expected to be the best team in the league this year. <laughs> I, I will. I will get back to you. <laughs> it's I, my job is covering the NFL, and that's what I do. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Preseason CFL All-Star team right here. You mentioned a guy that people know around here because he ran for about 300 yards one Saturday against Utah. That's Kadeem Carey, the former Arizona tailback. Well. Yeah. He's good. If PFF says he's good, then he's good. Okay, here here we go. Here's the PFF preseason all-offensive team. Um, okay, let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Zach Caleros. Okay. 
Uh, Kadeem Carey. University of Cincinnati, I believe. Yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Uh, Kadeem Carey, Calgary Stampeder. Uh, somebody named Eugene Lewis. He's a wide receiver. He plays for the Edmonton Elks. Edmonton, didn't they used to be the Eskimos? They Did they have to change that? Yeah. Okay. Like two years ago. Okay. So they're the Elks now. I, I don't know Eugene Lewis. Uh, Dalton Schoen, Sh- Schoen from the Blue Winnipeg Blue Bombers, wide receiver. Uh, Dominique Rimes, BC Lions. Don't know him. Kenny Lawler. I should know that. That sounds familiar. Where'd Kenny Lawler play? I want to say UCLA, but I don't think that's right. It may not be right. Uh, Winnipeg Blue. Winnipeg must really throw the football because they've got like th- all these wide receivers on the preseason all conference. Malik Henry, Kenny, outside receiver. Kenny Lawler went to Cal. Okay, that's right. Stanley Bryant, offensive lineman. Uh, Sean McEwen, Calgary Stampeder. Uh, Christian Mate or Matt, Matty, Matty, Mate. You just skipped over the French name there, that left guard. Which one? The left. Oh, P, uh, is that Pierre Olivier Lestage? There you go. From Montreal, Quebec. Okay. Is he? I, I guess he didn't play stateside. No. Is this a Canadian name? Jamarcus Hardwick? I'm not sure. Probably not. He's a Winnipeg Blue Bomber as well. I will say that the online tend to be Canadian. Skill position tend to be American. Okay. Like maybe Javon Santos Knox? Of the Ottawa Red Blacks, that'd be right in your backyard, right? No, you're in out. Al- you'd be the Alouettes. You're not in Ottawa. You're in you're yeah, in Montreal. Alouette. Yeah, I'm not. I'm looking over this list. There's not a lot of names that really jump out at me here. Mark Antoine Decoy. Yeah, another Montreal uh, Montreal native. I played against him in in flag football. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when he was playing when I was coaching university. <laughs> Okay, very very good. Uh, I'm not recognizing a lot of the names here. Here's what I want. Not this week, but in the coming weeks, maybe two weeks in, I want a full CFL breakdown with some sort of Pac-12 slash American ties. Oh, well, I got one right away. Vernon Adams, starting quarterback, D.C. Lions. There you go. Is John White, the Wolfman, still plying his trade? He was a he was he had like an eight or nine year. CFL career as a running back in both BC and I want to say Edmonton as well. I do not know. The, I w- the, the quarterbacks are, you know, given that there's just not a lot of quarterbacks out there in the world, you know, you have Chad Kelly, the yeah. great Chad Kelly from Ole Miss. You have Taylor Cornelius from Oklahoma State, Jeremiah Masoli from Oregon and somewhere else. So, you know, the, the Cody Fajardo, I believe, played D1 college. So, look, tune in, ESPN+. Plus. No, no, it's not on ESPN+. Plus. It's on uh, CBS C- streaming, Paramount, something like that. Okay, I get that. So we can find that. It's also on TSN, correct? Canada Sports Network. It is on TSN in Canada. John White had a great career at Utah of two years, was a CFL All-Star and a Grey Cup champion. In 2015, he began his career with the Eskimos. Then he went to the Tiger Cats. Then he went to the Lions and then finished up a couple of years ago um, with the Argonauts. The CFL, you can watch, I believe, all the CFL games on the CBS Sports Network. Okay. John White career, 3,964 yards rushing, 22 touchdowns, 1,154 yards receiving, five touchdowns. 
So a solid the highest graded quarterback in the CFL last year, Nathan O'Rourke, a Canadian playing to BC, signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there's some crossover there. All right, I think we've exhausted and tired our audience <laughs> of CFL talk here today. I, this that's, is about all I know. Yeah, and, and you're Canadian, and that's that, that's saying something right there. By the way, how, how what kind of crowds do they draw? What kind of crowds do CFL teams draw? Do they sell out their stadiums? Are their stadiums big like NFL stadiums, or are they more like soccer stadiums? What kind of crowds do they draw in the CFL? I, I think the – They've gone away. A lot of teams have gone away from the big stadiums. You know, the Argonauts in Toronto used to play at the Sky Dome, you know, where the Blue Jays play. They obviously, they're not going to sell that out. It's what, 60,000 plus, maybe even more. So a lot of teams are going to building smaller stadiums that are kind of specific to football. And obviously you can get a soccer game in there too, but smaller stadiums, 25,000, 30,000. And Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Calgary, or Calgary still is an old stadium, but the teams in the Midwest, the Canadian Midwest, sell out. Hamilton sells out. Montreal used to sell out. We haven't been good for a long time, but uh, you can get those 25, you know, maybe not 25, but like 20,000. Who's the country's team? You know, who's Canada's team? You know, Dallas claims to be America's team. Who's Canada's team? No such thing. The one thing I will say is, probably the the most the, the fan base that has kind of like the most connected roots to their team or the most rabid fan base I would say is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, no pro teams there, there's no pro hockey team there. So they have two relatively big cities, Saskatoon and Regina. Saskatoon has no Regina has the team. They go crazy for the Rough Riders down there. Okay. Last question on the CFL, I promise. Why do we not see more players make the move from the CFL to the NFL? I felt like years ago you'd see a handful of guys do it. I don't feel like that happens quite so much anymore. Why is that? I mean, I think the athleticism is probably the main thing. You know, just obviously there's a lot of Americans that do come down to the CFL and, and, and play. But when you just look at look at the CFL combine versus the NFL combine, it is vast, the difference in athleticism. So it's tough. Now, the one thing I will say is with the quarterback position where athleticism means less, I've always believed that the top, top players uh, could be serviceable NFL starting quarterbacks, I think. You know, the, the Hall of Famers in the CFL could have gone to the NFL because at that point, you clearly know how to play the position of quarterback. You know how to throw to open receivers. You know when a guy is open, you can throw the ball accurately. So guys like Anthony Calvillo, Ricky Ray, Boldy by Mitchell, I think all those guys, you know, that's, that's my generation, I think could have, could have made it. And now you're seeing a guy like Nathan, uh, Nathan Rourke played his uh, college football as an Ohio Bobcat, had a great career there, came back, Played for BC for two years, was unbelievable this past season, and now he gets a shot with Jacksonville as, you know, probably start as a third-string quarterback, but we'll see. So we're talking to Seth Galena. We're going to switch from CFL to a little CFB, college football. I don't know if you saw The Athletic. They put Brett Feldman and and Mandel put out their quarterback tiers ranking the other day. Did you see that? I did. I'm going to look that up. Okay. So um, Caleb Williams, they have on a tier of his own. 
followed by Tier 2 of Drake May, Michael Penix, and then a big group at 3-4. and four. Would you agree that Caleb Williams, at least right now, from the college football you've watched, I know you watch a lot of quarterback play, is on a tier by himself? I think so, but I don't think that there, it's like this like huge gap. You know, I think that there's like we always do this. You know, the year before all these quarterbacks declare for the draft, we we have these huge takes about these guys, and then everything changes after another year of playing the sport. And I think you know, uh, I like what I've seen out of Drake May, and I think a lot he he fits. Uh, the profile we're looking for in terms of NFL quarterbacks. So I don't think he's that far behind. You know, we've talked about Michael Panix before. I really think he's a really good processor and throws the ball with a lot of power, accuracy. You know, make, you know the release is a little slow, but regardless, you know, he gets the job done. Whether that will translate to the NFL, I'm not sure, but certainly this year, especially being an older, older player, uh, having all that experience and having the year he did last year, I could see him pushing Caleb Williams. Caleb does stuff that we haven't seen um, from from most of the other quarterbacks, and it's just his playmaking ability, which I just believe is. I think we all wanted to. We wanted quarterbacks for this like twenty year period uh, to be the Peyton Manning, right? Like we just wanted a guy who's like just going to move around in the pocket, stay in the pocket and throw the ball. And, we've, and it's just not possible anymore. And so he fits that profile, Caleb Williams. And his playmaking ability is truly, you know, close to, you know, A grade, A plus, whatever you want to say. So I do think he is in a tier alone, but I'm not ready to just crown him as the best prospect of all time just yet. Tier three quarterbacks included Devin Leary, now at Kentucky, Michael Pratt at Tulane, Bo Nix at Oregon, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas, Frank Harris at UTSA, and Jaden Daniels of LSU. You know, I, I don't think Jaden Daniels is an NFL prospect in terms of like first or second round or something like that. Certainly, I think if he has another good year, he'll get drafted. But I, I'm always surprised when I, when I watched him last year for LSU, and when, uh, you know, I put on the tape this off season, he's better than I ever thought he would be after watching him for for all those seasons at, at Arizona State. Certainly helps that you know the surrounding talent is better. But I thought he, and and I think. Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator at LSU, did a really good job using his skills. And they ran the ball a lot with him. He is – I think I, I make this mistake all the time when it comes to athletic quarterbacks, which is when they go up to that next level. So in this case, sorry to say, but the Pac-12 to the SEC, or you know when they go up from college football to the NFL, I always think, oh, well, they won't be able to do that at the next level. And – Jim Downs impressed me in that way. Like he really is electric with his, with his legs. Like people can't catch him. He's a small guy. He's a lanky guy. Um, so that's why the, 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 the projection to the NFL is a little murkier. However, if he gets even a tick better as a thrower, which he's not, he's not there yet. Uh, I, I'll give you that. He's certainly not there yet, but what you can do with him offensively and you have, you know, uh, like a Malik neighbors, a receiver who's going to be a top, top receiver, to throw the ball to. So I think there's a chance we see him again, not in terms of NFL prospect, in terms of just college football quarterback. I could see him in that tier two, tier 
tier two group. Um, you won't push for tier one, but I can see him in the tier two group. Tier four was Sam Hartman, Dylan Gabriel, Tanner Mordecai, Cam Rising, Jalen Daniels, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, and Jordan Travis. To me, there's a lot of interspersing between tiers three and four. To me, I could put a few guys in tier four and tier three, and I could probably move a few guys from tier three down to tier four. Look, I, I thought Talia Tagovailoa was one of the better quarterbacks in the country the past couple seasons, and I think he really has it. Again, like he's smaller, like he's even. I think he's not sure if he's smaller than Tua in, in, in certain ways, but he's you know Tua wasn't the biggest prospect in the world uh, in terms of you know his stature. So, but I, I love what he does on the field, the processing, the the um, the, the accuracy. His problem, you know, playing on Maryland, they got down in games to try to force things, didn't always work. That's kind of what got him in trouble. But I think, you know, in a neutral game state, he's, he's really good. The guy who I've loved for, for two years now is Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Yeah. I mean, we saw what, what happened. Like, he came in uh, near the end of the 2021 season. They still lost a lot of games when he was in there. They did beat Texas. But they lost, you know, every other game, I believe. But you saw something. You saw flashes of something real there. And then he comes out. They start the season uh, 6-0 and or whatever it was. First loss, you know, comes to TCU, who goes to the national championship game when Jalen Daniels gets injured. So, and, and is out for, like, the second half. So, I think this is, I mean, you can't say enough of what, what, uh, what uh, Lance Leopold is doing in, in Kansas. And I think he really has a quarterback. I mean, they, I like, this is a guy who no one wanted, right, um, Jalen Daniels, and he has become a real quarterback. I think there's a chance that he's an NFL prospect. Um, hopefully, you know, he did come back from the injury last year late in the season. I think there's a chance he's an NFL prospect. Um, so I really like what I've seen from him. All right, put together your top three or top four tiers of NFL quarterbacks on the fly. Mahomes, tier one by himself. I, it's it, you just can't you you know you can want to do whatever statistical analysis you want to do and it's always going to come out Mahomes on top by far in many 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 uh, cases so he's tier one by himself and then I like in the tier two group I like Josh Allen and Burrow and then that's probably it I mean I guess you could put Aaron Rodgers in there though I mean I, let, let, let's probably not talk about those older quarterbacks. Um, and then tier three for me is, is Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. So I think those are my top three tiers um, going into the season. So you have, do you have Rodgers in tier two or do you not have Rodgers in tier two? I, I, pr- I probably actually put him in tier three. Uh, I, you know, I've said this before to you, I'm not sure what we're going to get from him as right. a 39-year-old quarterback going to a new team. I don't think there's guarantees that he's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, the Aaron Rodgers who just won two MVPs um, because he was just okay last year. And I think that the thing that scares me – now, I think the Jets should have made that trade 100 times out of 100. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad trade or anything like that. And obviously, like, I, I, what do I know, right? He could become – he could be an MVP again. I think the thing that scares me, though, is when we look at older quarterbacks, the drop-off when it – the drop-off from, like, you know, like – a top-end play to I have to retire right now is sudden, and it's unexpected. It happened with Drew Brees in 20, 
2020, 2021, I don't remember, 2020. It happened with uh, Tom Brady just last season. Where all, like Tom Brady looked amazing in 2021. All of a sudden, he looks like he doesn't want to be there in 2022. We saw it with Roethlisberger. We saw it, you know, with Peyton Manning, obviously the injuries. Um, with Manning, you know, the, the 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 neck injury that he had suffered, you know, five years prior. But that's the point, though. All of a sudden, you don't want to take hits because the injuries add up. The recovery time from taking a hit in the pocket adds up. And you can't go and you don't. So all of a sudden you're sitting in the pocket and you're thinking, okay, well, normally I would take, you know, my one, two, three step and I'd wait for this to get open and then I throw it and then maybe I take a hit or whatever. You don't want to do that anymore. I mean, Roethlisberger the last two years is probably the best example of a guy who just absolutely did not want to hold on to the football for anything longer than, you know, 1.8 seconds. It was like the shortest um, average time to throw in the league. Rodgers, you saw it a bit last year. You definitely saw it with Brady last year. You saw it a bit with Rodgers. His average time to throw was minuscule. And that's what it was getting. If you just keep going in that direction, I don't know if you can pull yourself back, even on a new team. Does a healthy Lamar Jackson crack Tier 3 for you? Uh, that yes, that's uh, he's in Tier 3 for sure. He's really Because he really is in that, in that um, Herbert Lawrence Lamar Jackson class where we, we there's they've shown stretches of truly elite play, like elite top tier play. Um, you just want to see him do it for a whole season. I think with Lamar, it's like you want the, the health. You want to see him do it for a whole season in terms of being on the field. Um, but hopeful that with the new offensive coordinator and the new set of receivers, he has, uh, you know, you, you look at a Joe Burrow, uh, who I love as an LSU fan, but you come into the league and then within two years you have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. It makes your life a lot easier. And, and Lamar Jackson has just never had anything close. Obviously, Mark Andrews is a very good player, um, but not even close in terms of the outside receiver, receiver threat um, that other quarterbacks have had. And, and um, so hope, hopeful for Lamar Jackson to put it all together again this year. He is Pro Football Focus's football insider from Canada, but he is not Pro Football Focus's Canadian <laughs> football insider, though he will be in a couple of weeks. Read his stuff. Did you just do a podcast over at the Ringer last week, too? Is there something we can plug there? I did a uh, podcast at the, the Athletic NFL show. Oh, the Athletic. That's what it was. about edge rushers. Yeah. So if you want to get the latest on edge rushers, go to the Athletic Football Podcast, and you can hear Seth. Uh, going on and on about that stuff, too. Hey, talk to you next week. Thanks, man. See you. There you go. Seth Galina with us here. Find him online at pff.com. That's pro football focus.